Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak. Thank you for joining me for not another Bitcoin podcast. Sorry it's been so long in between episodes. It has been a very busy week because of this Bitcoin fork fiasco. But anyway, um, Vortex from the uh, World Crypto Network. World Crypto Network. They're, uh, they're crashing through ceilings over there with their subscriber count. I mean, they're... Uh, Every day they're hitting another thousand subscribers, so definitely want to go ahead and check out the World Crypto Network. Over there they got uh, Mad Bitcoins, Vortex, Tone Vase, Jimmy Song. They have a powerhouse of a team over there, and the content is daily. They have a uh, daily crypto show. They have uh, multiple shows daily on the network. Definitely worth checking out. And Vortex made his time to come on my show to speak about the current events and the upcoming, uh, you know, the uh, two megabyte fork that's coming our way and, and where we could potentially see all these forks of Bitcoin and Bitcoin itself in the future. Uh, Vortex is very knowledgeable. Uh, he has a, a, a very unique way of wording things that makes it feel like you're not going to understand what he's saying. But as soon as he, he is done saying what he has said, it's like, oh, I get it now. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to listen to Vortex when he speaks. He is a very knowledgeable man. And this interview was fun. Uh, we had a blast. Um, you know, we, 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 we talked about everything from past, present, and we even covered some speculation on the future. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this interview because I think this was one of my f- most favorite ones to do at, at the present time. I think that um, this one has a lot of uh, a lot of diamonds on the blockchain. <laughs> I think the, I saw Mad Bitcoins post that on Twitter today. Anyway, um, I think you guys should just go ahead, listen to that epic intro music, and get on with the episode. So uh, thank you and have a day. In early 2011, it piqued my interest. Well, my name is Craig Grimes, and I first encountered Bitcoin when it was $3. My name is Cody Spearing. Um, I'm currently involved in Ethereum mining. What's up, though, man? What's up? How goes it, Kim Bozic? <laughs> How goes it, Trevon James? When I first saw your video, I felt so like, damn, my shit looks terrible. Like, yo, <laughs> yo this guy, this guy's great. He's going places. My name is Ryan Strauss. I'm a Bitcoin evangelist. <laughs> I first like found out about Bitcoin in 2012 and pretty much becomes your entire life once you really uh, get into it there. Hello everyone, I'm uh, Brandon Rosano. I uh, am new to Philadelphia and this East Coast side of things. I'm Luciano, Luciano Valdez. Well, funny story about that is uh, I think it was host number two, Dimitri, that reached out to you initially and then he was telling me about silly stoner Ken and how he's like passionate about Bitcoin. I was like, man, this dude, I don't know about this guy. Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak from thebitcoinpodcast.com here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I get to talk about these things with my boy Vortex from the World Crypto Network. Vortex, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you are, how you got into crypto and what you do in this space. So hey, thanks, Ken. Uh, great to be here again. Uh, this is like my second time, I think, uh, being here. Uh, it's pretty fun. I'm really uh, like your work. I'm glad that you are uh, 
a part of the other content creators in the space. So it's really great to see uh, more and more people talking about Bitcoin. When I first got into uh, podcasting with Bitcoin, you know, it was it was uh, during the downtrend of Bitcoin. So back in 2015, there was just not a whole lot of people talking about Bitcoin. And now it really seems that it's just completely blown up. And I'm just really excited to see that, really excited to see people like yourself excited and passionate about Bitcoin and, and everybody in the chat. Uh, you know, so it's really great to see uh, and really great to be here and uh, really exciting to experience this new this, this, this additional part of the bull run. We're in almost a two year bull run now, you know, so uh, this recent leg up over 3000 to new all time highs. Really excited. It's got me really happy. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, that's that's all you can say. Really, we'll see what happens. I mean, we could jump into uh, since that's kind of a segue into what happens next. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too far because we do get a lot of new people all the time. So if you're new, please try to keep up. But right now, there's almost nothing else to talk about but some of the more higher level understanding of crypto. Uh, what do you think is next for Bitcoin, though? Up in November, we have another fork coming where the uh, Segwit supporters agreed with the big block supporters that if the big block supporters signaled for Segwit, Segwit supporters would say, and then in return, signal for bigger blocks. Now, do you see a potential fork coming? our way with this do you think any segwit supporters are going to say you know we got what we wanted screw you guys we're, we're just going to keep doing us or do you think it's just going to you know just go along the natural path so you know we, we i don't know if you've seen the chart that's been going around there uh recently ken but there has uh, been a chart just recently that plotted the different things that happened to bitcoin with the with the pboc with the it started with the mike hearn leaving right then we got uh, a million different other things, including the PBOC and then now the Bcash. There's always something trying to bring Bitcoin down, but it continues to shake it off. The market continues to absorb it and realize that it's BS and more FUD and Bitcoin continues to rise. So, um, you know, I am looking for a four to five week um, upside here for, for, the, for Bitcoin uh, going into the activation of Segwit, uh, which we're looking at happening, uh, you know, next Tuesday. The, uh, it'll be locked in. So we're looking at an activation of anywhere between 21st, 22nd, something like that. And so that's going to really propel the price. Uh, and then I'm looking for a bit of a downside when we have the uh, the Segwit 2X nonsense that's going to start, um, I believe, start their hype cycle uh, in September. So, uh, you know, I'm expecting a dip around there. And really what's next for Bitcoin is, is, is real scaling. You know, we're going to get Segwit. We're going to get Schnorr signatures. We're going to get all of these. We're going to get Lightning. You know, we're going to get confidential transactions. We're going to get all sorts of amazing new features on bitcoin um you know we're going to let the core developers do their thing and continue working their asses off uh to make this thing backwards compatible and as backwards compatible and as stable as possible the number the two biggest tenants you know for bitcoin core backwards compatibility and stability they and of course then you got decentralization number three the, these are three tenants that these that the core developers will not risk and so far the market has been agreeing with them uh again you know bcash was released and crashed and right after the fork, you know, it crashed and Bitcoin ascended to new all time highs. So, uh, you know, they can it really kind of proves that they can continue to fork all they want. But, you know, there's only ever going to be one BTC. All right. That brings me to a great question. At least I think so. Not to pat myself on the back. What makes the BTC that we're calling the real Bitcoin, the real Bitcoin over BCH, Bcash being the real Bitcoin? What makes Bitcoin the real Bitcoin? Absolutely. So the, the really the biggest thing that makes the real Bitcoin 
is the nodes. What the nodes choose, or you could call it the users, but you know the users running those nodes, that is what validates the chain. That is what chooses what is the valid and real Bitcoin is the nodes. And right now, 95% or higher of the nodes in the network are signaling or, or running core software. And so that that is what the, the network currently deems to be the real Bitcoin is whatever Bitcoin the, the Bitcoin core developers are releasing. Now, um, that may change. That may not be the way it is in the future. And that's fine. You know, but right now, that's how it is. And we have these people that are just like, well, why core? Why? Why can't we just do this? Why can't we just tweak this? And it's like, look. It's like it's like going to somebody in a nuclear power plant with look, talking to people with hazmat suits and be like, bro, why can't we just press this button right here? We've never pressed it before. <laughs> we don't know what could happen. And of course, the, the nuclear guys will be like, look, I can tell you scientifically why this is not going to work, why this is going to explode the power plant. But you're not going to understand. And so <laughs> they're just going to keep asking, why? well, why? No, I don't know. Let me press the button. Let me press the button. And so uh, that's kind of what we're left with. And but but the network, you know, it continues to be resilient, shrugs off all of these these fork threats, these FUD threats, these mining threats and continues to rise to new all time highs. Now, the reason we're, we're looking at smashing the button is for SegWit. We're trying to solve a problem. We're trying to update and upgrade the software that Bitcoin is. Can you explain maybe a little bit like what SegWit is and why it's so important that basically the uh, update of itself almost in, in some sense, you know, politically, everyone was talking, it, it, it's going to kill Bitcoin if it's so necessary. Um, you know, why is it so doomy and gloomy? So like, why was the risk worth it to get SegWit into Bitcoin? Sure. So um, SegWit fixes just a load of problems that has been plaguing the network for years. Uh, it's just absolutely huge amounts of, of, of things that you can actually look and see what SegWit fixes. Uh, the Bitcoin core team has a very amazing page about the benefits of SegWit. And I encourage you all to, to Google that and check that out. Maybe, Ken, you can put that in the show notes. Um, but there is a link to, to show all the benefits of SegWit. And there's there's a huge page with hundreds and hundreds, thousands of words describing all of the amazing things. But a couple of the big ones really are the transaction malleability fix. This is just numero uno, number one. This is an absolutely important feature. And people don't realize how important this is. But really, the transactions are, are not 100% reliable. They can still be somewhat obfuscated and changed um, you know, to allow a double spend. So we can't fully rely on them yet. But, but SegWit fixes that. SegWit fixes this very basic, it's such a very basic, basic base level, building block level fix that from once we fix this, we can then build all sorts of amazing things on top of it, like lightning and like things that we can't even actually um, describe right now. We can actually could, we can actually do snore signatures then after that. There's all sorts of fixes that we can do, um, but it all starts with SegWit. And of course, in addition to all that, it increases capacity. So that is an amazing thing. Now, of course, there is a little bit of risk because it does significantly change how the transaction is actually formed, right? It separates, segregates the signatures and the, from the witness, right? And so it is a little bit of a, of a change, but what it really is, this is an upgrade. I mean, this, this will allow all sorts of future fixes, future additions, future features that we just simply couldn't do before. Now, in the case of Lightning, you can actually do Lightning without SegWit. It's just not as secure. It's not as easy. It's not as great. It's not as scalable. It's just, it's just not. It's just really uh, not, not great. But we can do lightning the way it's meant to be done. 
securely, cheaply, globally, instantly. This is really important. So SegWit really is going to open the way for lightning. And people like to say that lightning is years and years and years away. It's not, dude. They are doing tests right now uh, between um, Litecoin and Bitcoin. They've done, you know, they're, they're doing tests. Like in, on the test nets, there's atomically swapping coins. So there, it's happening right now. I fully expect Lightning Networks to be in full production by end of next year uh, across the scale. There's, that's not, I'm not saying it's going to go mainstream, but I'm saying full production, people using them, millions of transactions going across them as early as the uh, end of next year. That's what I'm most excited about is the atomic swaps and the, um, the option for confidential transactions. I think that's going to change the game for uh, exchanges. It's going to change the game for Shapeshift, that's for sure. I mean, they're almost unnecessary in that world. They're almost like the Pony Express once we get atomic swap. Um, and then you have things like... Um, uh, you know, Monero and, and Zcash and Dash that want to be anonymous, but once Bitcoin gets these updates, those things are essentially obsolete. You know, it, it may, Bitcoin's updates make other blockchains obsolescent once it engulfs its, you know, core principles. And uh, I like to tell like people like anything your favorite altcoin can do, Bitcoin can do, and it can do it better. It's just when and uh, eventually it will, but is it the right time? You know, let these other altcoins and what they have to offer be a punching bag for, for you know, like a, a side test net. Is it is this something people really even want? Is it that important that, you know, Dash is getting this much or whatever coin is getting this much attention? Maybe we should implement it and maybe it will become something that just is part of another thing that had nothing to do with that intentionally so like i i do see a lot of reasons why people would uh would talk out of two sides of their face about this because you know if you're an exchange or if you're shapeshift or if you're this or you're that you don't want bitcoin to replace you by getting better and better just like you know the uh pony express didn't really want you know things to get put it out in obsolescence like the horse and buggy industry protested against the car industry you know it, it's just happening now in blockchain and I don't think people see it that way but I mean once you start to think of it like people have alter alternative motives in this space that you know Bitcoin will eventually replace yeah and it's really important to just uh, just, just to not downplay how important transaction malleability is to fix uh, we see Bcash just just get attacked with it as early as last night or this morning they're already getting attacked by transaction malleability, and they've been around for less than a week. So this is an absolutely important, important fix. What do you think would be uh, next? Like uh, once once we get to this, what do you think would be? Uh, obviously, we got the two megabyte um, hard fork coming up in November. But after that, this the thing that people aren't really perceiving. What do you? What's next after this? What's the next this? The yeah, the real scaling begins. Work on lightning, schnorr signatures, confidential transactions, all sorts of different things that, that court mast, um, uh, fiber. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different um, uh, uh, real scaling issues that the core developers will be working on. So that's what's next is real scaling, not just increasing the block size indefinitely to gigabytes and terabytes size, making it completely impossible to run. Remember, the blockchain is the most ineffective efficient database on earth it is slow it is expensive it is not practiced anything but a global reserve currency yeah world uh, world ledger an open world ledger um absolutely what coins do you think have a future alongside of bitcoin though like long-term use case or uh 
or at least you hope that they they succeed in the future because you would like to live in that future like what coins do you think have that longevity that bitcoin has so in my opinion bitcoin is all that there actually will be in the future so there'll be forks of bitcoin possibly and there'll be side chains and there'll be drive chains but it'll all be bitcoin because you know we all we all run over tcp ip we all use pop3 for email we all the world decides they have to decide on a set of rules that they can all agree on to then build the next thing you can't have you can't build um you know the, we couldn't have gotten the internet the way it is today with a million different internets right with a million different tcp ip protocols it wouldn't have worked we have to all agree so that we can uh, agree on a set of rules so that we can then build the next thing the step one is agreeing to rules, right? Step two is, is is enforcing those rules. Step three is using those rules to build something on top of it, right? So there's a certain order to these things. And you have to remember, you just have to remember that it's early days. It's very, very, very early days for Bitcoin. This is, um, it's really like in the, in the, in the 80s. If you had to put a number on it, this is the internet in the late 80s. We, we don't even have name systems yet. You know, we're still sending these addresses that are like this long, right? It's it's ridiculous. But this is early, early days. So we've got a lot of work to build, a lot of infrastructure to build. And now uh, Bitcoin is going to be the incentive to do this. Remember, Bitcoin is going to allow the internet to continue expanding even further out than it could before. Because now the internet can pay you. You can get a job on the internet and the internet can pay for itself now because of Bitcoin. So... Uh, it doesn't matter where it is. You know, Tone gave this absolutely amazing example uh, the other day on, on the World Crypto Network where he said, imagine Netflix wants to go into Africa, right? They can't go into Africa right now. But imagine them, all they have to do is throw up a QR code. You, you, you throw up this Bitcoin QR code and you can a la carte buy, have, watch a Netflix show. Now Netflix can be in Africa. And now mm-hmm. Netflix has an incentive to run nodes and to maybe even do mining. You know, so Bitcoin is it, it allows the Internet and the prosperity of the internet and the, the features of the internet uh, to just completely spread even farther than it could have with just the internet itself. So, you know, the, the next stuff is definitely scaling and, you know, it's, it's gonna be absolutely exciting times in the next couple of years. I like that you said that it would be forks of Bitcoin instead of like altcoins or other blockchains. It would just be forks of Bitcoin blockchain doing all these tasks in the future. Because I've always said like, you know, it's going to be a lot of things that need blockchain technology that we can't even fathom right now that like, oh, we could do that with that. Or this would save us money if we did that. And I'm like, well, if everybody used Bitcoin's blockchain, it would just be like overloaded. And then if you have forks of Bitcoin where the forks have particular use cases, I could see that and that would technically be the altcoin in that sense. Because like I like the idea of uh, of Golem and stuff like that, like you know, where they rent out extra space and, and the, that blockchain, you know, uses your extra computational power so you can make, you know, crypto by lending out your, your computer space. But if there's a fork of Bitcoin that's dedicated to that process as well, why would you choose that that you know, token over a fork of Bitcoin that does the same thing. Well, also remember, it's not really going to even be forks because this 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 pony is a one trick pony. The the forking of Bitcoin, you have to have major hashing power behind it, major developers, community behind it. It's just 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 too expensive to maintain a fork or to maintain an altcoin. It will be too expensive in the future when Bitcoin is so profitable and and so available to everybody in the world. Because remember, the Bitcoin of the future will not be the Bitcoin of today. Today, Bitcoin cannot scale and do every single thing. So we need experimentation across all of these different altcoins. And it's absolutely beautiful. But one day, Bitcoin will do enough to where everybody will just build on top of that and and we'll have Mm -hmm. our money protocol. We have TCP IP, 
right? For, for the actual packets to travel over the internet, we have POP3 for the email. You know, we have various uh, instant messaging protocols, and now we will have the money protocol. Bitcoin, the internet of money, the, the protocol of money for the internet. Will, you think Bitcoin will ever be considered cash? And uh, I would like to segue that into another thing in a second, but like the principle of cash is if I hand you a $5 bill and you hand it to Tone Vase and Tone hands it back to me, it's still a $5 bill. It didn't lose anything for you to transact with three people. So will that, you know, like everyone keeps saying Bitcoin will be cash, it will be money. Bitcoin, you know, and, and I love, when I first got into this, one of the biggest misconceptions I, I was, really into was uh there's no fees <laughs> i was like oh there's no fee that's the first thing i found out was bullshit so like how do you think that will happen like there will be a time where you could send bitcoin back and forth and it will be such a small 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 satoshi of a fee that it will basically be like handing cash back and forth or is that a pipe dream and there's always going to be a significant you'll see the fee it'll almost be like taxes when you buy something at the store so uh, you have to understand Bitcoin will be the heartbeat of the internet. There will be Bitcoin time. All of our times will be based off of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, the, the genesis of the block will power the, the planet. The, heart, the planet will have a heartbeat every 10 minutes. And on top of that heartbeat, we'll have systems on you know, layers and systems and chains all the way up to the top. Just like we have on the internet, we have layers all the way to the top from the World Wide Web and then FTP and then you know, HTTPS and all of the layers on top that we will build. Uh, so uh, all the chains will side chains and drive chains and, you know, um, and even basically everything to do with Bitcoin, all of these layers above Bitcoin will all be circling around Bitcoin. They'll all be, you know, uh, tied to the main chain. So there will be, for example, lightning networks, right, where, where everything will just be instant, but then it'll be settled on chain every 10 minutes or so. But, but on the lightning, you'll have instant payments. So what that will end up being is that people like normal people like me and you will, you know, we'll end up using a derivative of Bitcoin like lightning. We'll, be, we'll end up using some type of layer of Bitcoin above Bitcoin, but it'll be tied to Bitcoin. So we know that it's still sound money. So most likely, you know, because remember, and, and remember that currency is just the first application of Bitcoin, right? Yep. There's so many more things we can do with Bitcoin we haven't even thought of yet. So currency is only the first application. But as far as people just trading and sending money day to day, that will be on a layer above Bitcoin. Might be layer two, might be layer three, might be layer four. But they all eventually settle down to the one main chain that the entire planet is based off of, both in time and value. Amazingly well said. Uh, let's see if we can, uh, you know, I want, I got one more question and then we can go into a different topic altogether. Is there any, could you do me a favor? Uh, could you, because you're great at explaining, uh, could you explain the difference between BTC and BCH um, and, and what's different about each one compared to the other? Because every, a lot of people keep asking me, like, what's the difference? I'm just going to send them a link to this video. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> the first major thing is, uh, you know, uh, Jihan and Bitmain and, and Roger, right? They got their way. They they, they have eight megabyte blocks. <clears throat> so that's the first major difference. Eight <laughs> megabyte blocks. We're like, holy moly, right? That should be amazing. We should see eight megabyte blocks all the time being mined, right? Uh, oops, we're not actually seeing that. We're seeing empty blocks still being mined on the BCH <laughs> network, and which we presume to be ASIC boost running on that network because it does not have SegWit. So a big difference is they have eight megabyte blocks. They don't have SegWit and they don't have replaced by fee. 
So uh, they don't have the transaction valuability fix, which we found out because their chain got attacked last night and early this morning, making the entire network pretty much unusable for a period of time. And so the big difference is, again, eight megabyte blocks, uh, no replace by fee and no segue. That's really the main differences on the technology level. Then you go further out and you find out that they have a development team of all of two people. Two people who you've probably never heard of. Uh, these are not people that were cited in the white paper of Bitcoin. These are not people that are cited in any cryptography papers. <laughs> these, are, these are people who think they can just go in on their own. So for me, the biggest, biggest difference between BCH, a Bcash, you know, and Bitcoin is the developer support, which is the core developer. The core developers are what are supporting Bitcoin. Uh, these are the people that are cited in white papers, cryptography papers. These are the people that helped build the tools, that um, the pieces that when you put Bitcoin together, when you put them together, form Bitcoin. Because remember, Bitcoin is made up of technologies that are 30 years old. It, the, the, what's, what's fascinating and nuanced is how they was put together in such a way to create this 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 worldwide blockchain. So those really are the main differences. And you know we're going to find out if, if if through the market forces, right, which which choice is the better choice? The, the core developers that we that has been building Bitcoin and keeping Bitcoin 100% uptime for the past eight years, or or these new guys. You know it's 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 pretty much this simple: bench warmers or you know your AAA team. You know which which one you're going to choose? Well, the, we're going to find out. But uh, I got a pretty good idea uh, of which one is going to actually win out, and that of course is the, the whatever chain the core developers are supporting. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, do you? There's so much happening right now in crypto as far as like what appears to be like winter is coming. Uh, winter being regulations. Um, you know, do you think that the SEC is going to? You know, everyone's saying I, I don't want to say kill ICOs, but you know, you think it's going to put put a damper in the parade, or uh, do you think it's just fud? Do you think the SEC has no power here? So this is a, an all new world, of course, that we're living in. There's a lot to learn. Uh, the 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 SEC did release some information about the DAO for over which happened over a year ago. So they they released they didn't release really any guidelines, really anything um, concrete. All they said is that the DAO was in fact a security, and they said that they would not be prosecuting anybody at this time. So they essentially just came out and said, "Hey guys, we're watching." Just be mindful that if it's if it's like the Dow, it's a security. So we're we're still years away from proper regulations, from this being not the wild west. I mean, this is not going to slow down ICOs as much as you might think. Uh, what it will do is put pressure on exchanges because the the, the regulation or the uh, the guidance that came out said that any exchange selling something that could be a security is also liable. So uh, you know you're going to see exchanges probably start dropping crap coins left and right. And you know the, uh, they'll be the, these these shit coins will be relegated. Basically, these altcoins will be relegated to anonymous exchanges that don't want to comply with this with this regulation. And so, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting time. But uh, I don't see ICOs going away anytime soon. At least it's got at least a, a while to go. Uh, and of course, Bitcoin is. They pretty much came out saying that Bitcoin is not a security. They they have no ability. To regulate Bitcoin in any way, shape, or form. There's no central authority they can go to. There's no person that they can put in jail. So, um, you know, if anything, uh, Ethereum, in my opinion, needs to be worried. Now, they did come out and say that Ethereum was a currency, but that's just that's just what they think about right now. 
you know, get that a few more years and a thousand more Ponzi's on top of it, and they might change their mind. So we'll have to see and play it by ear, but it's very early days. It was very, very limited guidance that they put out, and uh, I think we got another, at least another year of the ICO madness. At least another year. I'm thinking a year to two. Um, yeah. I think I personally I like the, uh, the I love that Ethereum accidentally became like a GoFundMe for ICOs. <laughs> I don't know why I, it tickles me so much because like they want it so hard to to not be money and now they're deemed money. They want it so hard to be smart contracts, but all they are is a GoFundMe now, and I feel like that's going to, you know, put like it, it's it's going to put a lot more pressure on the wrong side of them when it comes down to their developers trying to work on what they originally started out to want to be smart contracts and uh, now people are just using them to get ICO started and a lot of these people are using their ENS to collect the uh, to collect the funds and it's not like you know obviously that's not the most secure way on that last uh, what was that parallel that was uh, hacked and uh, a few ICOs lost millions of ether through that parity that was parity that parity one, one. Yeah, thank you yeah, parody wallet, and uh, I just when I saw that, I was sitting there. I think Swarm City was affected, and uh, two other projects. And I was just sitting there, like, once you have a couple million dollars, you'd think you'd be a little bit more on top of your security game. But um, that goes you to show remember, you. Like, you got you to remember, Ethereum's marketing game is on point. That's what has always been their strength: is their marketing. Uh, remember, they, they first they were a world computer, then they were a smart contract, then they were better for governance, then they were better for this. You know, one thing. Then they were uh, better uh, at scaling. Then they were better. You know, <laughs> one th whatever problem is currently plaguing Bitcoin in the media, Ethereum will market themselves to be the solution for. So they have. That's what they've always done best. That's what they continue to do is just marketing. It's just marketing and hype and marketing and hype. Now you said that you know the regulations wouldn't affect us or Bitcoin, but it will affect the exchanges. You know, personally, um, I can see a just a 2017 is going to be the exit year, the year of the exit scams. They're just you're just going to see things just disappearing because they don't want to deal with anything. Uh, for example, Bitmixer.io uh, valued at six million. They didn't even want to sell because they were like, "Look, shit's getting serious. We're done." And we recommend anybody mixing Bitcoin stop because eventually you're going to get alpha bait and you're going to find yourself dead in a Thailand prison cell and you don't want that. So what do you think will happen in America within this year uh, with exchanges? Do you think that we're going to see exit scams or do you think we're going to see conformity? I personally don't think Poloniex is going to be like, yeah, we'll do whatever you want, regulations. Uh, me personally, I think Poloniex is going to be like, how much do we have? Oh, fuck this, shut down. So like, what do you think's coming our way and um, why? Why would they choose that route? Yeah, so, you know, with this regulation guidance that was issued, I think that exchanges will start changing their tune. They're not going to hold as many assets as they were. We're already seeing shapeshift and other exchanges start to remove coins. So it's already it's already begun and underway. Um, I do think that we're going to probably see more exit scams in the next couple of years as, as the, the entire ecosystem continues to mature, you know, and... and um, shed light on all those dark crevices so as we mature as more money comes in as more things get developed as more people come online it's very similar to the internet remember in the internet the early days there was a lot of you know child pornography and all of these scares and all of these things that was that people were doing with it right but what do we use internet for now mostly cat videos right so that that's what will happen with 
with Bitcoin is that in the future, it'll all be cat videos. We won't have to worry too much about, about this type of thing. But during, uh, the transition to that, to get from here to there, you know, is going to be rough and messy. We're going to have BTCE like exits and, and captures and Alpha Bay, you know, Alpha Bay is down, right? Uh, uh, and gone. BTCE is uh, down Damn. and gone. Uh, we're going to see, you know, the mixing services are leaving. So what we're, we're going to see uh, the appearance of, of, of maturity, which is true. But in reality, we're also going to see a double down on fungibility with 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 confidential transactions, things like Monero, you know, uh, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, Mimble Wimble, we're going to um, double down eventually once, now that we're past the scaling BS, right, now that we got, okay, now that we got SegWit, we can now focus on priority number two, which is fungibility. And so uh, I think that that's, that's the, the next thing after scaling that we're going to be working for, you know, after Schnorr signatures and after lighting and after the scaling stuff, because that's really the next thing is scaling. But really, after that, in the next couple of years, we are going to focus priority like 100% on fungibility because that is perceived and, and rightly so as the next big threat uh, to Bitcoin. So that, that's that's going to be a very important thing for the core developers and the community to, to tackle. Yeah, speaking of like the next big threat, I think the next big security um, uh, uh, focus is going to be on hardware. And my man, John McAfee, who's crazy, has said he'd eat a dick if... Bitcoin wasn't worth five hundred thousand dollars by twenty twenty. Um, he is very adamant about the hardware that we're using to to uh, communicate with the software that we're using to communicate with the blockchain. Uh, we saw that with Jack's wallet through the Chrome browser. Uh, we saw that with many other things. Um, it's just. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yes. And um, I, I, I don't know. What do you think? Will will companies like Apple and Samsung start making products in in anticipation of hardware security and hardware encryption mattering to the user because of Bitcoin? Do you think that like Bitcoin's blockchain will evolve our everyday hardware because it, it makes security so much more necessary? Most people don't give a shit if you hack their phone and steal their nudes. You know, the whole fappening with the celebrities and stuff, like nobody, they didn't care, nobody cared. But if you potentially could lose all your money, oh my God, you better make sure you have 2FA on and everything else. So do you think as more and more people and as bigger and bigger blockchain gets that, you know, hardware companies that like Windows Microsoft, um, Apple's uh, uh, iOS, uh, BlackBerry, all these companies, do you think they're going to start taking, oh, you know what, Bitcoin security, blockchain, hardware encryption into consideration? Or do you think like we're going to have to go to people like John McAfee, who's specifically interested in blockchain and specifically interested in hardware encryption? Yeah, so we actually spoke about this the last time I was on your show too. Um, really, what, what, what we spoke about and what I continue to believe is that Bitcoin is going to usher in a new era of hardware and software called trusted hardware and trusted software. So this will be software and hardware that has been cryptographically proven to be secure, to be untampered with, to make sure that your private keys will not will not be leaving through this hardware and software anytime soon. So there are people working on the next version of the internet, like with MadeSafe, uh, where all of the internet is uh, encrypted by default and you don't use passwords anymore. Everything is used uh, is derived from your private key, your all your identities and all your software. And then presumably your this private key will be protected from the hardware itself through trusted hardware from companies like Apple and, and through software, you know, from companies like Microsoft. So the, the Bitcoin will usher in this this new era 
uh, of the most trusted hardware and security you've ever seen. Um, because like you said, we've never had to protect money on our computers before. You know, if you look at the banking systems, they're, they're, their systems are so antiquated, built in the 70s, just hey, barely hanging on, you know, mainframes, horrible stuff, old, old stuff. And that's what runs our financial system. That's literally what's powering our current financial system is 70s hardware. So <laughs> it is. It's so, so scary. It's it's pretty bad. And so you know the the hackers around the world continue to to uh, hack banks, hack um um uh, what's the what's that damn backbone network that that uh, Swift Swift, uh, Swift that, that the banks currently use continues to get hacked like every year. I I mean I should you not go and Google this. Every single year Swift gets hacked for millions and millions of dollars. So um, now with Bitcoin, you know, we're seeing all of these other things get hacked, right? We're seeing cities, cities infrastructure getting hacked. And this is a process that will continue for years. Uh, Bitcoin will wipe through the system, wipe it clean. It'll take out all of the fat and uh, of, the, of Wall Street. It'll take out all the fat of, of, of this, this bloated security sector. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Um, because of Bitcoin, we're going to have to secure our hardware and software like never before. So yes, absolutely, you know, Bitcoin is going to usher in this new time of of having to have real hardware, real security, real trust, because we we learned from Vault 7 that we are completely owned right now. Uh, Intel, for the past three years, if you own a chip that was made in the last three years, you are owned by default by the three-letter agencies because they have agents at the actual hardware plants, at the manufacturers. They've stopped actually hacking them and just infiltrated them. Instead, social through social engineering, they literally own agents at all of the major companies. So, you know, it's gonna take a complete reform of how we build hardware, how we how we build software, and how, how we issue this to the user. And, uh, you know, it, it's all coming together. The trusted hardware, the new version of the internet that's encrypted by default, whether that comes from MadeSafe or whoever builds it, we're going to find a way to do it, build it, because our current internet is broken. Our current internet is broken. Our current financial system is broken. We're, we're propped up on these broken systems. And it's causing, uh, what it allows for is all sorts of fraud. Fraud is the business model. Fraud is the business model in all sorts of areas. In, in finance, in healthcare, you know, in, in, you name this, you name the, you know, in ph- pharmaceutical goods. You name the industry and fraud is usually the business model because these, all this stuff gets through the cracks of these mm-hmm. old and aging systems. Blockchain technology and Bitcoin it's really going to come through and cut all the fat out of that, similar to how the Internet destroyed a bunch of monopolies uh, that, you know, that, that had on the, the, the written word and the newspapers and, and the media. You know, the Internet's going to rip all of that apart. And Bitcoin will rip all of those monopolies apart in healthcare, finance, law. It doesn't matter. It's going to come through and it's going to wipe their business models clean uh, because the business model of fraud is not sustainable. And that's uh, I think I think that's pretty much agreed across the planet. Uh, as Bitcoin price continues to rise and rise and rise and reflect that. See, that I love that because you're talking about Bitcoin almost as like being a shield. And uh, you could talk about it being used as a sword in the scenario of the WannaCry virus and how the hackers chose Bitcoin over any other transfer of value method. And that that made Bitcoin look bad in the sense, but it also was like, look at the, 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 the whole process of uh, ransomware started with mail physical cash in an envelope here. Then it went to mail a money order or a check 
to this address. And then it said, you know what? Just use PayPal. And then it was, you know what? Forget PayPal. Use Bitcoin. So it was like, if you follow the evolution of transfer of value and ease of use, you'll see that that's where, that's why Bitcoin was chosen there. But do you think things like WannaCry and hackers that are choosing to use Bitcoin and, you know, I mean, things like uh, the, the Silk Roads and stuff like that, you know, they're they're almost like the opposite of what we were just talking about. It's, it's like they're using that to take advantage of those vulnerabilities that we're saying Bitcoin will eventually solve, but it almost feels like it's the sword in one hand, shield in the other, and you're banging them against well, each other. Remember, like, um, what these hackers are doing to these systems may seem bad, may seem malicious to some people, but from a security perspective, they are absolutely doing you a service. Yes, that's They're right. Thank you. They're absolutely doing you a solid. They are creating a net positive for society as we prove that these systems are no longer secure yep. and they have to be upgraded. You have to keep freaking people's data secure. You can, your 70s antiquated systems are no longer okay. Your, your fraud business models are no longer okay. You know, we're going to hack through that shit. We're going to reveal the documents that need to be revealed. We're going to hack through the centralized corrupt systems that need to be hacked through. And Bitcoin will allow all of this. Bitcoin powers is powering all of this. Without Bitcoin, it could never be done because we, 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 would, we would always be within the system. You can't destroy the, and disrupt the system from within the system. You have to build a system outside of the current system. And that's what Bitcoin represents. This is a money and a currency and a monetary system outside of the state, outside of the systems that we've had for the past thousand, two thousand, three thousand years. That's what's really important. Bitcoin, they're, they're trying to make Bitcoin become a part of the old system. You know, they're trying to literally like, like put a horse on a car and um, it's not going to work very well uh, because in a few more years, cars are going to completely crush those right so uh the, the, we're going to build the next level of technology we always build the next level of technology with the with the latest and the greatest that we have right now right we always use the most top of the line technologies to build the next top of the line technologies and what that does is it just creates an absolutely insane s scale you know s curve that that that, uh, that you can very much see in things like uh, the rollout of PCs, the rollout of the internet, the rollout of mobile, now the rollout of Bitcoin. You know, it's it's going to these world changing technologies. Always over promise for the first few years, but then you come back ten years later, and now it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Uh, I, th- I said to a friend earlier today, he was talking about, uh, don't you judge me, audience, but we were talking about Pokemon cards, and we looked up the holographic Charizard, and guess what? One holographic Charizard is worth one Bitcoin right now. And I said, you think Bitcoin is worth something? Wait till it's half as popular as Pokemon. Absolutely. I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, we've already been doing digital currencies for many, many years. 97% of the actual fiat currency on the planet is already digital. And for the past 10 years, we've had games like Pokemon, World of Warcraft, experiment with these online currencies. And we've seen that they can achieve value globally oh yeah. they can actually achieve a global value that people can from other side of the planet say okay this is not only worth money but this is how much it's worth and so mm-hmm. uh you know the, the thought of bitcoin not being able to do that that's ridiculous of course that's going to be the first application for bitcoin which is the ability to move a digital bearer asset across the internet so yeah. of course we're going to use that first for money but you know beyond that people are already creating mind-blowing ideas like the example i gave with tone about how netflix um can just move into africa just like that with bitcoin oh yeah that would be perfect honestly i mean even like uh i think it was i, I 
please correct me if I'm wrong. It was Venezuela, I believe, that I uh, saw an article about how they're using World of Warcraft or some kind of video game currency because its value is more stable and, and stronger than their local government currency. So, I mean, I just like, I feel like, how do they know about this video game and use that currency over Bitcoin is beyond me. But obviously, Bitcoin is still like in the shadows. Oh, no, not too many I, people know about it remember, yet. Remember, it's the 80s, man. It's yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Nobody knows about Bitcoin yet. I love when none of the, none of the kids knows about Bitcoin yet. But they're going to find out. And the people that will find out first and hoard it the hardest is countries like you mentioned, Venezuela. The, the, this, this Bitcoin is literally saving lives. Yeah, saving we're spoiled here families, in America. Feeding people. Yeah, feeding people. Saving people's lives. You know, providing shelter. This is already providing um, on the uh, people on the ground today uh, saving lives. So this is just the beginning. Yeah, I can't wait for, um, you know, I like for me personally, when I first started looking into like blockchain decentralized, uh, you know, things, I was like one of the first couple things that ran through my mind was like charities. When you see a nonprofit charity, that's bullshit. That nonprofit is bullshit. The CEO got a fucking Ferrari in a mansion. So that there is like it doesn't that's a lie. But if you if somebody out of the kindness of their heart wrote a smart contract, put it up there and people sent money to it, it would distribute to the, the, the as as it was designed and there would be only the the fee of gas or, or whatever, but it wouldn't be a profit. There would be a true nonprofit charity through blockchain. And that's just like one of bajillions of things that could be done with this technology, but people only want to reflect on, oh, uh, want to cry hackers, want it for ransom. And they don't want to focus on the fact that the NSA created the software that the want to cry virus ran off of and the fact that the companies that were affected it took this much into consideration about your security as a customer. It's just, it's so exactly. weird how remember, people look remember, at transparency, things. You touched on it so perfectly, Ken. Transparency, man. That is what the world wants. Trans Only through transparency can we actually build real, real huge societies. Can we actually build societies that don't run off of debt, that don't run off of war? This is the only way to do it is real, true transparency, individual sovereignty, like individual sovereignty is really something that's only been talked about in recent times. But with Bitcoin, we can we can actually achieve it. There is now systems like, uh, you know, like um, that that Bitcoin government. I forget what it's called. Bit uh, bit. Ah, I forget now. Uh, we'll have the link in the show uh, show notes, but I forget what it's called. But they are actually competing with governments for services. For like insurance and an identity, they're actually literally Bit Nation is what it's called. Bit okay, Nation. Bit Nation. Uh, you Google Bit Nation. They are competing in some countries right now directly with governments. And again, this is the 80s. Just wait for another 10, 15 years, and you will see that these services running on top of these blockchains will compete with governments, and they will dominate them. They will. Which, which, what ends up happening is that removes more and more power from the government, places it back with the people, and allows us to build better societies, more positive societies, societies that are not built on secrecy, that are not built on debt and war. Perfect. Um, yeah, war, that's, uh, that's one thing I feel like, that's, I'm worried about like, it, when Bitcoin does become the world money, it will fund war. You know, that's just, that's, if every, if eventually the, like, everything will be well, using blockchain, hey, it will get itself in there. If, yeah, exactly. If people want war, then sure, let them fund some war. We'll see how much funding that really gets. We'll see how much people really do want oh, more good when the money is not created out of thin air and distributed to them from a freaking central authority on you the know, top of a pyramid. We're going to really find out how much people actually want more. And I'm telling you right now, it's almost nobody. Yeah, that brings me back to a full circle question there when you said uh, out of thin air. Uh, a lot of questions I've been getting about Bitcoin. 
uh, B cash. I almost said it. B cash um, <laughs> is how did four billion dollars just come out of thin air? Like it just hey, it's here. It's four billion dollars market cap. What up? Like how did that money just appear out of thin air? Sure. So, you know, people, this is really baffling most people, and it really is a baffling concept. We've never seen anything like this before. We don't have anything at all to compare it to. Like, the closest thing we have is a stock split, and that's absolutely not what's happening here. Uh, more Instead of a split, what's actually happening is a doubling. It, it's it's a copy. Yeah. It's it's not it's it's actually not a split. We're actually a duplicate. They're actually duplicating the Bitcoin blockchain, and so that's why you know everybody got this free money because basically people the market decided that it has value because it it already decided that Bitcoin has value. So that means that when we created a copy of it, the market automatically decided that hey, this has some value. This this is this is just like this is just copying Bitcoin, right? Well then, shit, I'm gonna give it. The speculators will give it some value. Okay, and so. That's what we're happening. That's what's happening. It's, it, remember, it's only valuable, just like fiat paper money. It's only valuable if the people believe it has value. And there are some people, some big blockers that believed it had value. Yeah, it's going to be an expensive electric bill running their miners mining that shit. I hope, Very expensive. I, I hope that They're it forces hundreds their of thousands of de- per day. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I hope that it forces their hand to go back on this and we see Bcash just disappear into oblivion and it's just gone. And if you didn't sell well, yours now... I mean, that's, I don't, I don't, it was free money, so don't feel too bad if it disappears. But if it does, that means Bitcoin, what you still had, is going to be worth a lot, lot more. Uh, because, get. Now, I will say this, though, you know, though B crash, B cash, I almost said B crash, though B cash <laughs> will crash immediately, you know, because it, when people understand the market is finding out more about it, that it really isn't worth that much. It, hey, it could be a great test net. You know, we, we have to let the market decide to figure out what's going to happen. Is this really valuable? But my opinion is it's not really that valuable uh, more than a science project. And so the price will go down. But remember, there are powerful forces like Jihan and, and Roger. Uh, out there that really do want to, uh, you know, take on the core developers, which is kind of hard to do because it's basically when you say taking on the core developers, that's like saying you're taking on the community because the, the, the core developers are a decentralized entity made up of community members, each with their own thoughts and their own agendas. There are many times where they don't agree with each other. Look at Greg Maxwell and Luke Dash Jr. over the US, the UASF, the user activated software. Mm-hmm. Greg Maxwell was like, hell no. Luke, Luke Dash Jr. was like, look, this is what we need. And they disagreed. Now, it turns out that Luke was right uh, with his game theory skill. Uh, freaking thank you, Luke, uh, so much. You know, um, And then thank, I forget the name who wrote BIP91, but thank you so much for that as well. That allowed miners to save face. And you know, BIP91 was just a miner-activated BIP148, right? So it allowed them to save face a little bit. But look, at the end of the day, th- this, is, this is just the beginning. We're, we're at early days. Um, I'm really confident in the core team and what they can do. So it's, it's going to be great. Uh, speaking of great, Bitcoin is great. So like, why aren't rich people buying more of it? And um, is it really like, I like talking to my friends about this and uh, maybe you'll have a a different uh, thought on it, but like, how does a millionaire go about buying Bitcoin? You know, like how does Mark Cuban buy Bitcoin? How, how do you get a million dollar, uh, you know, um, uh, option on coinbase you just can't so like um and if you did buy a million dollars worth of bitcoin you're fucking yourself if you want to buy more next week because you just inflated the value on yourself so like how and why are millionaires not in this yet right so we have a couple things here so first of all um we do have gptc so that is uh, a bit of a more you know uh, uh 
traditional fund where you can invest Bitcoin that way. Uh, and so that that is kind of for the big millionaires there. And as well as Ledger uh, X is actually doing an options oh, market. Yes, They're bringing yeah. an options market to Bitcoin. So so that's coming. So this stuff is coming. So the answer to your question, Ken, is that it's early days, man. <laughs> it's really, really early days. The entire Bitcoin crypto market crap, you know, crap, <laughs> market cap, the entire uh, crypto market cap of all of these coins, even Bitcoin, is 100 billion. That, that that's literally the price of like a couple of bank buildings. Okay. That's that's not that's nothing, man, compared to these 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 hundred millionaires and billionaires. So the answer is, how do they begin investing? Well, first, they don't care about it yet. They simply don't care about it yet. However, as I said, options markets are coming. You know, um, funds are hedge funds are coming. These these options for very rich people are coming. As Bitcoin market cap raises, as the community grows, as more and more services and companies start using it, as it becomes more useful, as it becomes a greater and greater utility, more and more people will invest in it, thus raising the market cap, thus bringing these new options in that will allow the billionaires to invest. So this is coming. And I assure you that by 2020, the, the, I, I say this often, the years between 2020 and 2024, that's when governments start buying and holding Bitcoin like they currently hold gold. So we are not far away. You know, first the, the billionaires and then the governments. Um, it's all coming very, very soon, quicker than anybody can imagine. But by 2024, this game will be over. The S-curve will be at the top. You will not be able to obtain a single Bitcoin anymore, you know, and, and not even close to it. And by 2028 to 2020 to, to 2030, you know, we are now running over the top of Bitcoin for 90 percent of the financial network. I'm excited for the future, man. I already picked out the yacht I want. I got it on eBay, got it on my wish list. I'm just waiting for the day I can trade one Bitcoin for my yacht and just cruise. <laughs> and I think, I think it'll for. be a little I'm bit different. I'm waiting for it where I can, you know, maybe one month of bills uh, is like worth half a Bitcoin. That, that, that would be nice. Because then you could, you know, spend, a, you, could, you could spend a while. It's all relative, right? Everybody has their price. But that's the beautiful thing, Ken, is that Bitcoin, you know, the, these raises, uh, these rises in, in all of these cryptocurrencies allows it to, to fund back on of itself, to compound on itself. Remember, we bootstrapped a $100 billion network from nothing, from zero. So we can absolutely take this $100 billion to the next level of a trillion and then to $10 trillion and on and on and on. Um, this is the, the Pandora has, has been opened. We're not going mm -hmm. back. We now live in a world where where people are rich enough to be able to fund this stuff, to be able to fund company ideas. You know, there's a lot of people in the crypto space after this summer that no longer have to work. There are more millionaires made in Ethereum and these, in this summer than there was, you know, in Bitcoin uh, probably total. So uh, because, again, Bitcoin launched in almost complete, uh, almost a complete vacuum. There was nothing else. So, you know, it, it was allowed to tr be traded around the world virtually for free. Anybody could mine right off their laptop. So we don't see that anymore. Uh, with the competition. And again, another reason why Bitcoin, there'll only ever be one Bitcoin. It cannot be reproduced. Its growth, its organic growth in the ecosystem cannot be reproduced. I love it. Um, I wanted to wrap up with a question or two about uh, wallets, man. Like what, what hardware wallet do you think people should go for uh, and why? And what software wallet would you recommend and why over the, there's so many options. Um, that's just, most people's first step into getting into Bitcoin is spending a week trying to figure out what wallet they should use and why. Uh, maybe you could help them narrow that time down a little bit. Sure. I mean, there's a bunch of great wallets out there. I mean, there, there's people creating great software. 
Um, the, I, I can't recommend enough the hardware wallets. You know, you got to get, you know, there's a bunch of them. There's a Keep Key, there's a Ledger, there's a Trezor. All of these are great. Uh, there's software wallets out there like Electrum, uh, Multibit HD. There's a bunch of great wallets out there too. Um, it's kind of hard to recommend because it's kind of personal preference um, on what, what you're looking for. But really, uh, to cut through the slack, I, I just, for a new person, it's just hard not to just say buy a Trezor and be done with it. That's uh, one of these guys right here. Absolutely. Absolutely a beautiful device. I mean, you could plug that shit into a computer with all of the viruses in the world, and your <laughs> private key will still remain safe on that device. Yes, for sure. I love the, I love the treasure. It's, uh, it's definitely, I like how it's more compact than my Ledger Blue. Like, this is exactly the right size for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, you know, they're, they're going to come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. And this was pretty much predicted that like once Bitcoin went over a thousand dollars, we have to create better protections for the money. And this is just the beginning. This, these hardware wallets are just the first phase of actually trying to protect our Bitcoin now that it's valuable enough to justify this level of protection. And we have many more levels to go. Exactly. Um, hey, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you again and uh, what you do, where you're at, and uh, we can wrap things up, man, because uh, this has been a close to an hour, man. I appreciate all the time oh, you wow. had for me today. <laughs> it flies by, man, when I start talking about Bitcoin, I got to say. Uh, it really flies by quick. Uh, but yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I uh, do most of my work. That's where I... Uh, that's where most people can find all my work, which is um, basically doing podcasts and uh, tweeting about Bitcoin, really just kind of a, uh, I guess I call myself a, a Bitcoin evangelist, Bitcoin speaker. I've uh, been in the space since 2012. I uh, really, really enjoy talking about it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The One Vortex, all spelled out, no numbers, just at The One Vortex. And of course, uh, all of my videos that I do are on the World Crypto Network YouTube channel. You can just Google World Crypto Network and find out all about us. Uh, I just have to give props to the World Crypto Network recently. Um, whew, this week was just absolutely amazing. We, we covered the BCH stuff live. And, you know, we, we got 50,000 viewers, uh, views on there. Uh, Max Kaiser was calling us out all week long, giving us shout outs. Uh, just, just absolutely amazing. Over 3,500 live viewers. That yeah, was amazing. We can't man. thank the people enough for, for following along. And we're really excited to continue uh, bringing you guys more and more Bitcoin content. And, yeah. and, and people like Ken, you got to support people like Ken, people like Adam Meister, people like BTC Benny. Uh, these guys are doing amazing work. And eventually we're all going to get thousands and tens of thousands of views because this space just keeps growing. And I don't think anybody anticipated that the social growth would go along right along with the, with the price growth. You know, I don't think anybody really anticipated that. I sure as hell didn't. Uh, the, the, the WCN is blowing up. Adam has over 10,000 followers. I guarantee you, Ken, by the end of this year, you'll have over 10,000 followers and subscribers uh, on YouTube. Easy. <laughs> that, would, that would be it, nice. It, it compounds on itself. Remember, you know, once you get a certain amount, then you can get the next amount easier and easier and on and on and on and up it goes. And as Bitcoin, uh, the ecosystem continues to grow, everybody... We'll, we'll be benefiting um, and, and it's just going to continue to blow up more and more. So, yep, uh, at the One Vortex and the World Crypto Network. We, we really appreciate you guys and we, we had a, we have a great time talking about Bitcoin. Yeah, guys, definitely check out the World Crypto Network. Uh, I've been, I, I think you see me in the chat just messing around with everybody. I kind of piss people off for fun in there, but it's like, it's just the chat box, you know what I mean? I miss my Poloniex troll box, so I got to get it in where I can. But um, you guys have some of the best like speakers you guys have like one of the best like youtube networks period for crypto so i definitely highly recommend anybody listening to this who hasn't already subscribed to the world crypto network do it because you're missing out i mean you
you guys got Tone Vase on there now every day. Uh, Jimmy songs on there all the time. I mean, you guys are killing it. And uh, the, like you said, uh, what is it? Um, you were live and you got what, like a few grand in super chats? Yeah, that 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 fifty that one video on Monday that that eight hour video got over two thousand uh, dollars in donations. Dude, that is yeah. freaking epic! Man. It was crazy. It was, we were we were absolutely ecstatic. We couldn't believe it. It's all going towards World Crypto Network. It's all you know. Nobody's buying Ferraris off of this stuff. Yeah, you guys got to get better crazy. internet. <laughs> you guys got to yeah, get some you know, stronger we're trying, internet. We're, we're trying. We're, we're we're trying to get better microphones, better internet. Um, we're trying to do more shows. We hope that one day we can actually like pay people to just be on the WCN all, all the time and just have a 24-hour live stream Dude, of different epic. people across the world. You know what? That brings me to my last question. When does Ken Bozak get on the World Crypto Network? You are great with these shows, and so I think uh, you get your subscriber count up, you get your views up, and we would lo we'd love to have you on there. I mean, uh, we, if you can think of a unique show that you want to put on there, because remember, you can continue doing your stuff too. That's what we that's what we really look for. We, we're kind of like a decentralized group where we want people to contribute but we also want them to have their own stuff too, you know, and, and mm -hmm. benefit from that as well. Ben benefit from the network effects. Yes. So definitely, kid, if you got a show idea, man, and that you want seen on the WCN, uh, this goes for anybody. You know, contact you know Mad Bitcoins uh, on Twitter. Thomas Hunt, he is the one who who, who run, runs all this stuff, and we'd love to have. We, we're looking for content creators. So so definitely, if you got a show and you're talking about Bitcoin and you got an idea for a show on the WCN. Hit us up, and we would love to. We would love to talk to you. That would be epic, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys, all the links are in the description box below. Make sure you check out uh, what was that thing again? Uh, the One Vortex, right on Twitter. Yes, sir. And uh, World Crypto Network on YouTube. The links are in the description box. Um, don't forget to click subscribe, flick the alert bell, hit thumbs up, and have a day.